do it. Let's do it. All right, we are back in the house. Welcome. Thank you, everyone, for joining us again on another top uh, DAT episode. I am your Uplift Athletic Trainer, Dr. Brandon Holland. And I am the unapologetic AT, Dr. Donita Valentine. Oh, this is going to be such a fun episode. We spent already like an hour just chucking it up uh, with our, our special guests. Uh, before we go further, please don't forget to subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen. And don't forget to like, share, and follow us on social media at the underscore top underscore DAT on everything except LinkedIn, where it's top dash DAT one, top dash dat one. Wow. So um, we have social media shout outs. We do. Sweet. So we have a couple of new followers on IG, on Instagram. We thank you so much for following us. So we have the group reporting AT which is a group of athletic trainers, Gerard Spragans, Tim Smith, and Kat Cantleberry. Tim and Kat are currently in the DAT program at Indiana. And we welcome their follow on Instagram. We also have Minority Women in Sports Medicine um, gave us a follow. Thank you so much. And we also have the Arkansas... Athletic training, um, I think it's the the Young People's Committee, I think. Okay. But they gave us a follow on, yeah, so appreciate your follow on Instagram. Thank you so much. Oh, the young people are following young, the young old people. Young professionals. Shout out to the young professionals at Arkansas. Love it. I was thinking about church there for a second. <laughs> the, the youth ministry. <laughs> yes. Our, our, our one pastor used to call them the youths. The, the youths. Youth, the youth choir. All right. So uh, let's recap. Last week's episode was all about me. I'm not special, but it was. Um, I just told a little bit of my story of um, how I ended up where I am in my career after all of the things that happened to me that uh, really made it unlikely. And that was, it was fun. I hope my story was helpful to some people. And um, I encourage you all to find the incredible story within yourself because each of us has gone through some very challenging and unique stuff that we've overcome or that we survive or uh, that we've managed and um, we come out the other side. So um, don't be afraid to own your story and, once you find it, share it because it can uplift somebody it. else. Absolutely. And the one thing I think about your story and really appreciate you sharing that is, um, is a reminder that storms only last, you know, for a, a small amount of time. When you're going through it, it seems like it's forever. Um, and sometimes it seems like it's storm after storm after storm. Um, but I think the one thing with you sharing your story is it, I think it served to give some people hope. And um, I think if you, when you run out of hope, I think that's when you run out of like things to cling to. And so any, any chance that you have to give someone hope, I think you should always pass it along. Awesome. They say tough times don't last, but tough people do. And um, I think that's an appropriate uh, phrase for today's episode. Cause um, we got actually a guest in the house was quite literally the, one of the toughest people I've ever met. And um, also one of the coolest people I've ever met. Um, so we're going to have her introduce herself. Ooh, I do have a, a, a new, what's new in athletic training. Uh, it's really short. I just want to give a shout out to Al Bellamy on uh, taking this position as the oh, new yeah. head athletic trainer for the Washington Commanders. Uh, congrats to you, sir. I know uh, Temple is kind of bummed to be losing such an incredible person. But uh, shout out to you for taking the helm and uh, best of luck down there in Washington, and um, I, I wish you the best. Can't wait to see uh, how you build and run and manage your program. So congrats to you, sir. 100%. Congratulations. All right. Uh, on to today's tough people. We have an, an incredible guest who's going to tell an incredible story. Uh, her name is Amy Mendoza. For those of you who don't know, Amy, is uh, her, her credentials are 
A-T-C-L-A-T-G-O-A-T. She told me to make sure I said that. Um, is one of my classmates, uh, actually both of our classmates, Donita and I, we all went to Frostburg together. So um, usually we have an, a nice bio prepared, but because we're slackers, we're going to let Amy introduce herself today. So just tell us a little bit about you. All right. I am currently living in Waltham, Mass., just outside of Boston. I'm originally from good old Lexington Park, Maryland. Went to undergrad with these two back in Frostburg. Continued to Cal U and PA. Get my master's. Um, what else? I am the athletic trainer at Ashland High School. Uh, and have been there since 2017. And before that, I was at Natick High School for 10 years. And before that, I was at St. Mary's Riken back in Maryland. You were at St. Mary's Riken? Yeah, that's that was my first adult job. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wait, where's... So were you there, were you there before Xavion or after Xavion? Uh, <laughs> never unclear. <laughs> 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 so I started there in 07 there for like that first year and then I moved. Okay, so you were before you were before X. Yeah. Uh, before they had football. So Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So yeah. uh like I said, tough times don't last but tough people do. And um so Amy ha- has an incredible story that um we got to witness her live through. And um, why don't you set it up for us? Tell us tell us what life was like before everything happened. Oh, man. I mean, it was pretty much just living it to the fullest, right? Doing whatever, uh, doing whatever I wanted. Running around, playing all the sports I can. Just no care in the world. Just, just loving life uh, and enjoying it. Not that I'm not doing that now, but it was uh it was definitely uh easy easy, easy times before the accident, yeah so um Amy was an athletic training student, and for the, if you're an athletic trainer or an athletic training student, you know how time consuming and demanding that is, but she was also a varsity athlete, right mm-hmm. yes. So uh, uh, also a college champion. She was a, <laughs> throw that out like there. for real, like a legit, like a college champion, right? <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, a big tennis, freaking tennis. deal. She was playing tennis. Yeah, and yes. She was a conference champ, right? Yeah. Yep. And so that, and that, that says a lot just because we were talking a little bit before about all the time we spent studying in the library and harassing the people who weren't studying with us. <laughs> um, and just like, just kind of like the everyday stress of, being a a college athlete, being a college uh, student athletic trainer um, and how fun it was like being able to do that until you, until something completely comes and upends you. And so Amy will get into that a little bit more and kind of describe like the juxtaposition of life before and then life after. Okay. So you said the word accident. So take us up to that leading up to it and then, uh, and then what happened, how it happened, and, and and talk us through it. Man, yeah. So I that was the first time I had actually traveled with football. Um, and I can't remember where we went. But we had just got back, I think, that morning. Um, and then I was going to leave that night. So this was back in October. It was like October 4th? No, October 10th, 2004. Um, was it Gettysburg? I was going to go. Maybe. Or Shenandoah? I, I do. It had, maybe it was Shenandoah. Okay. Because it wasn't an overnight trip. Yeah, and that, that was a JV game. So I think that was that Brandon and I were in charge. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's probably why. <laughs> 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 Too afraid to make, you know, a mistake. Right. Yeah. 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 You know, put, 
put the anchor in the wrong spot. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so we just got back, and then I was planning on going home about three, three and a half hours, because I was going to go watch my cats, because my parents were going out of town. Um, So plan was to just rest up and, you know, relax, take a nap, whatever, and then head home. Um, and I was waiting for my girlfriend at the time to get, get back so we could drive down together. She ended up getting in late. Um, and actually one of our friends was having a, uh, social gathering and everyone tried to convince me to stay and just hang out. You know, I was like, nah, 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 I gotta get home. I gotta get home. Um, so I decided to go home and I probably left around. I think I left around 11 or midnight that night because I'm a huge night owl. So no big deal to stay up till six o'clock in the morning, if, you know, whatever. Um, so we left, was doing fine. Uh, all of a sudden she fell asleep and I got a little drowsy. I know, or actually, no, let me back up. I had stopped at one of the rest areas to take a nap because she was sleepy, so I was getting sleepy. So stayed and slept for a little bit, and I was, we were going to get back on the road. Um, and then next thing I know, I just, like, start feeling the shaking of the car. Little bang. I must have passed out. I'm not 100% sure. Um, but woke up. I was under my seat. And my feet were on the dashboard. That's how I woke up. Um, Couldn't get to my phone. It was playing Shake It Like a Salt Shaker because that was the alarm I put on to wake me up. So that song still has a little uh, trigger for me when I hear it. Wow. Um, Yeah. Uh, Yeah, somehow, somehow she managed to pull herself out from the back of the car. Um, and I'm not sure how long it took before we were found. It had to be, I don't know, maybe three, three, four hours before we were found by someone just going home and they called, they called so EMS. You, you, you were also in water, weren't you? So we, yeah. So, well, no, we were, um, I landed on a guardrail, actually proved to save to be a blessing because there was a ravine right there. Mm-hmm. Had we been in that, I would have been underwater and stuck because I couldn't move at all. Um, yeah, at the time, I didn't know what the extent of my injuries were like in that moment, but I I couldn't move at all. But uh, yeah, someone someone just happened to be coming home and saw us. One and the uh, rescue squad happened to be just miles down the road, so they were there immediately. Um, and so then, can I can I yeah. add, can I add one th- or ask one question? Yeah. Quick question. Yes. So f- I just want to make sure I understand because I know a little bit of the story, but I don't think, I, of course, our listeners don't. You drove in the space between two overpasses, correct? Yeah. So. So it what happened is off, off the road, like off the road, and as we were going over the overpass, we went up. We like caught air, so it was a seventy-five foot drop onto a guardrail. So essentially, you kind and, of drove off, like almost like driving off a cliff. Yes, basically. Wow. Yeah, because Fr- Frostburg is. Um, for those of you who don't know, is is mountains, and even though she was she was traveling home and coming down the mountain, she hadn't gotten you hadn't gotten forty five minutes past. If like you were just forty five minutes, maybe past yeah, well, it was to, not far at all from Frostburg. So she was still like in a very mountainous area. Yeah, correct. Yep. So yeah, they said I think it was a forty foot drop or something like that, but because we had went airborne first. 
it was a 75 foot drop. Holy smokes. Yeah. On, onto a guardrail. Yeah. Yeah. So um, then the, the people found you, the person found you going home and then mm-hmm. they called rescue and rescue got there. And then what happened? So they get there. Um, they actually flew me out. Um, <laughs> actually this isn't funny, but it's funny. Uh, cause you know, already the accident is kind of crazy. So they get me onto the stretcher. They're getting me into the ambulance. And just like uh, a TV scene, I topple over. <laughs> I don't know if you guys knew that, but I they didn't. dropped me. Wow. I, no, did not know that. <laughs> yeah. They dropped me. There's a little miscommunication. And I literally said, oh my God, this only happens in the, th- in the TV. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Because so while while we're waiting to be rescued, I was completely con- like like I said, I think I blacked out initially, but then I was awake and alert the entire time until until we were found, or you know, up until we were found. Um, so yeah, so they so they accidentally dropped me <laughs> getting at first getting into the ambulance, but then they they ended up. Uh, flying me out uh, in a helicopter. Wow. And so yeah. after after your girlfriend um, managed to get herself out of the back, she lost consciousness because she had a, a head injury. Correct, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So we still don't know how she pulled herself out, but she managed to pull herself out somehow. Yeah. Wow. Um. So they got you down. So, what if they fly you to University of Maryland Shock Trauma? So first they got me to. No, there was there was one hospital first because they transferred me to Shock Trauma. Okay. Uh, what was it? Well, there was some. I forget which hospital it was. But it was a smaller hospital closer to where the accident happened. And then once they stabilized me there. Because my lung, one of my lungs had collapsed on the way, so they had to like stabilize me there, and then they flew me out to shock trauma, where in route my other lung collapsed. Wow. Yeah. So what they said is I had all the impact injuries, and she had all the rebound injuries, is how they described it, or at least that's how I remember them describing it. Wow, but from uh, 75, 75 feet, what's the big difference between impact and rebound? Yeah, so, wow. so yeah, true. And I, re- I remember, meanwhile, back in Frostburg, um, <laughs> because I remember um, everyone talking about the social gathering, and I remember Amy kept talking about how she was going to go home. And at this time, so Amy... Uh, and I were classmates, and then, but at this time, I was a GA, so I was Amy's preceptor, pretty much. I was her clinical uh, person. So, <clears throat> I, I I remember having the conversation with her, saying, Amy, if you're going home, like, I'm not your mother, but I'm going to be, <laughs> like, if you're going home, like, either you need to go now, or you need to wait until the morning, because I think a lot of times, like, we don't un- we don't understand how physically draining working a football game is, right? Yeah. And so I like I knew we were probably tired, and I was like, and I was like, and you definitely shouldn't be at the social gathering. And but I know Amy, I knew Amy. <laughs> she loves to drive, like, and she yeah. was like thought she was in- invincible. And so I was like, you just need, like either you need to go home now, or you need if you go to the party, you need to wait until the morning. Like, right? And so right. Back in Frostburg, like, I was like, I didn't get a text from Amy to let, usually she would let us know, like, I made it. Because Amy was always going somewhere, always back yeah. and forth, always, like, always going somewhere. So, um, I didn't get a text from her. So, I'm I'm in the, um, in the PE center at this time. And I think Holly had walked out. Holly was a basketball player. And she walked out of the locker room. 
And I was still like just sitting out in the lo- the lobby area, like anybody heard from Amy, anybody heard from Amy. And Holly was like, uh, "We heard about a- an accident at and blah blah blah." And she was like, "Cause you said you were looking for Amy." And I was like, "Yeah, she said she was going home, but she promised me that <laughs> either she was going to leave right after, or she was going to wait until the morning." And I said, "So, because Holly had told me the time that it happened, and I was like, no, that's not Amy.'" Because she had in that, you know, not thinking that she had did, <laughs> decided the, to. The opposite. <laughs> yeah, the exact opposite. And it, and that was Amy about the accident that was Amy. And so I can't remember how we found out about it later on that that was you. Mm-hmm. Um. So so tell us a little bit more. Tell us a little bit more about what happened once you got established at the hospital and once they started making calls, like trying to get your next of kin and everything. Um, yeah, I, I'm trying to think, I think they found, I don't know if I told them or if they found my cell phone, like if they grabbed my phone or not. Um, but I remember a family friend met me at the first hospital because my parents were, already in Virginia by the time that happened. I think Virginia. Um, so, you know, they met me in Baltimore. Um, yeah, I don't remember if they found out or if I told them. Um, by the time I got to shock trauma in Baltimore, that's when my I finally saw my parents. Um, I'm trying to think. Yeah, that's, and I don't, I I don't know who called who. I don't know how, how people found out. Um, maybe my parents called my roommate, and then my roommates told maybe Jackie or, or someone. Um, I, yeah, yeah I don't know. That, I think that was where, who we got the final, the confirmation that that accident that was you was from Jackie. Yeah. yeah. So I'm I'm guessing that maybe they called my roommate and then and then Jackie probably told everyone. That's my guess. Um Yeah, cuz that that is all a blur to me. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. So did, So at uh, this point at this point you knew you knew the extent of your injuries at that point. Yes. So, so at this point I knew I had broken my left uh, upper arm that was broken. I broke my left tibia. Um, I had a huge open wound on my right leg. Um, so I had surgery um, I got pins placed in my arm. I got a rod in my leg. They close up that wound and I'm recovering in my room. Um, I don't know how long after it was that I was recovering, but I was in what you call a poor man's sling because my right arm was swollen as well. Um, and I couldn't talk cause I had a tube, um, but I remember when I'm in pain, I sweat. Like, I sweat profusely. Like, it's it's like I'm taking a shower when I'm in, like, excruciating pain. Um, and so my mom noticed that, and she's like, are you okay? Are you okay? And obviously I couldn't talk. So I'm trying to spell the word burn, like, in the air. And she's like, what? What? I'm like, you know, because I couldn't communicate. And so finally they took off, they looked at my right arm and it was like, I don't know, they said like twice the size it should have been. So then I had to get a fasciotomy because I had acute compartment syndrome. So I almost lost my right arm. They Actually, I think they said they had to do, I'm not sure, I don't really remember, but I thought they said they had to do the fasciotomy twice. Um. So, yeah, that was the extent of my injuries. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I also dislocated my right hip. That's right. 
that's how I ended up under my seat. Um, so, yeah. So, a couple surgeries later, and then I was finally, like, good. <laughs> right. Wow. There was some point um, after your, I don't know if it was after your surgeries, but you were, you didn't have the tube anymore, so it probably was, where we came right. down to visit. So, uh, yeah, I think I was in the rehab hospital by then. Yeah. I, yeah. um, one of the things I loved about our cohort and the, the cohort behind us is that we were a lot like a family. So we goofed off yes, together. Absolutely. We studied together. We worked together. And, um, so we all went down and I remember it was me and Donita and I think Michelle and Gory. And maybe Jackie, mm-hmm. but it was at least the four of us. And yes. um, we were approaching the elevator and we saw your mom. And uh, she recognized us and um, she had tears in her eyes. I think they had just finished changing some of your dressings or some of your bandages. And at this point, it was still really painful to move you around. So you were in a lot of pain. And she said I, she couldn't, you know, she didn't like to be in a room when they were doing that because she couldn't stand to see you in pain. So. We got in the elevator and I'm kind of pep talking the group like, okay, look, we can't go in there and be a bunch of saps because she wouldn't like that at all. So we got to cheer her up. So everybody, we're going to go in here and we're going to, you know, check on her. But we're also going to do what we can to lighten the mood a little bit and make her smile. And then we get there and you end up cheering all of us up, (laughs) (laughs) which is like, I was like, this isn't how this is supposed to go at all, but I'm really glad you are in the spirit because that, that's, that's who you are. You know, you were always yep. like, you, we, you need a shirt that says I'm the sunshine because, you know, you have to bring your own sunshine. Like um, she was always just like the, 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 the party started when Amy showed up. Yep. So, like, I, her, her laugh is just infectious. Like yeah. if I, it was always like, like if Amy wasn't gonna come to practice, like if something happened and she couldn't practice, I'm like, man, I don't want to be here. So, because he, well, yeah, yeah. Oh man. Um. All right. So you you were in the rehab hospital. What was rehab like? You know what? I'll tell you. I am thankful that I already had our education under my belt because I understood what I needed to do to get better. I understood why I had to do the things that they were asking me to do. I feel like if I didn't know that, I probably would have been not as motivated, you know? Right. Like just being like, why, why are you putting me through this? Um, but I think knowing what I knew definitely helped motivate me. So, you know, I was determined, I was determined to get out of that hospital. Um, I ended up being in the rehab hospital for three weeks, um, which was really, really tough. Um, but yeah, that just that little background that I had from classes um, and, you know, working with the different teams and seeing what we do in the athletic training room, that was a huge, huge help to me in my rehab. Um, I also, it, it also made me go a little bit faster than they wanted me to. Right. <laughs> like, all right, I know the next step. Let's go. I got things to do. <laughs> exactly. Cause I was in, I was in a wheelchair at this point. Um, because like I said, I had gotten, I broke my left leg and then dislocated my right hip. So I was, I was in a wheelchair at the time and I was determined to get out of it. Um, so rehab was, it was hard. It was a lot of work, but like I said, I think knowing what I knew, it just made me that much more motivated. Right. So yeah, and but, actually, uh, like in the in the real scheme of things, like three weeks, considering the extent of your injuries, like again, because I I saw you, um, that was pretty, that was super fast. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, because they thought I was going to be there a lot longer. 
Um, and so that was, so what, that was like early October. So by the end, I was home by like November-ish. And then I was walking by Christmas because I was not going to start the new year off in a wheelchair. So I was, yeah, I was walking by Christmas. So I continued home therapy. I had a OT and a PT. Um, and it was hard. It was a lot of work. <laughs> it was painful, but it's worth it. So actually I had also, when I broke my left arm, it had severed a nerve. And so I couldn't extend my wrist anymore. Um, but that slowly came back. So I have full, full motion and everything there. Um, but yeah, like I said, that our, that little bit of education I already had was a huge difference, I think, in my recovery. And so what about, like, what about your education? How, like, how did you have to pause or pick back up? How did, what did that look like for you? Um, It was just a lot of trying to regain motion of basically everything because I was so bedridden and, you know, like I said, couldn't walk. So, you know, I just understood why I had to do the things they were asking me to do, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and like, oh, man, trying to regain motion in my arms. I think at this point we had already gone through PNF stretching. Okay. <laughs> and we were doing that and that was probably the most painful for me because I had lost a lot of range <laughs> from just not moving at all. But uh again, like I just understood why he was quote unquote torturing me. <laughs> Cuz that's that's what it felt like sometimes was just straight up torture. But it was worth it to to do all that because if you didn't know when you saw me today, like you'd have no idea what I had been through at all. That to me is the most incredible part. And we're going to pick your brain a little bit about some of the things you got into afterwards. Um, but I don't want to, I don't want to jump around in the story like a Quentin Tarantino movie. So, um, <laughs> Oh gosh. <laughs> but um, So uh, how did it, how was how was your return to school like? Um, were you able to like how how long did it take for you to get back into the classroom at Frostburg? Oh man, I I don't think I came back. Did I come back in the spring? I definitely didn't finish the semester. Um, I think I might have come back in the spring. Right. I'm trying to think. Yeah, or if I took off the rest of the year. Um, I actually think I took off the rest of the year. I think that's what happened too. Yeah. Yeah. I think I ended up taking off the rest of the year, um, because I couldn't drive. Right. <laughs> so, and I was still recovering. Um, so then, yeah, I came back the following semester. Yeah. Because I think I was supposed to graduate. Actually. Yes, that's right. I was supposed to graduate that year. Mm-hmm. I was going to graduate um, and then ended up taking the rest of the year off. Yeah, because then I ended up graduating with Jackie mm-hmm. with that yeah. class. Because I was kind of in between everyone because I was, uh, yeah, I was like in between everyone. Like, I don't think anyone was on the same, maybe Jay was at the time. Um, but yeah, I was yeah. like an in betweener of like I think you you know, were with graduating Jay. classes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man, so. where's shout out to Jay? If you're out there in the universe, man, you need to catch us. <laughs> we need to, we need to hear he, from you, he's man. Out there. If we, do you talk he to him? In, he, yeah, he lives in Connecticut. He is married. What? what? Yes. <laughs> Jay, we Jay, yes. Jay, and we. I'm, I'm, do you have Jay's number? We're going to call Jay invitation. after this. Do you have Do you have Jay's number, Amy? <laughs> 
my invitation I, must have I got do. stuck in the mailbox. We're, we're going to call do. Jay after this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, I, we've connected a few times. Um, like when I've gone down to Connecticut or he's uh, come up to Boston, we've we've connected a few times. My man is Actually, the last time I, I saw Donita, it was with Jay. <laughs> yeah. I went to uh, Connecticut, yeah. and I was like, Jay, I'm in Connecticut. And we linked up, and then we linked up with Amy. We, I haven't seen you Jay since see we left Frostburg. side of me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure you guys had to drive my car back to my apartment. <laughs> <laughs> I think we did. Actually, yeah. we did. <laughs> wow. Okay. I'm so tired for my football game. That's why. That's why. Yes, that's what happened. So, um... <laughs> So the we we talked a lot about the physical impact of your accident, and I'm sure there was some mental aspect to that as well, right? Um, yeah. How long did it take? Well, how, first of all, how were you impact? How were you impacted mentally, if you were? And then, how long did it take for you to get back to what would be your new normal, or did you return to the old normal? Ah, uh, man, I'm telling. I was I was down and out with that with the accident and just, you know, it just threw me through my life for a loop. Cause like I said, I was supposed to graduate, um, going through it. It was hard because I saw what it put my, how, like how much harder my parents had to work, you know, with during my recovery and everything. Cause my parents weren't retired then. So they were still their full-time jobs and, everything so it was it was a lot uh mentally and emotionally because I had a lot of family come in and help take care of me as well uh before I started walking again um I was down I was down it was it was a dark place at first um but once I got through that and you know got because it was when you lose your independence Man, that uh, that is a wake up call. Mm-hmm. When you are just a hundred percent dependent on another person, um, so losing my independence was a huge blow to me at the time. Because, like you said, I was always out and about doing my own thing, you know, doing whatever I wanted to. So that was hard. That was really hard. Um, I'd say. Not back to the to the old normal, but a better normal, I guess, right? Like more uh, appreciative of everything. Um, you know, don't take things for granted like I used to. Um, you know, some things, not everything. But, yeah, I'd say I just i am more appreciative of, of everything I have and have been through. Because, um, honestly... I this accident actually as like a blessing in disguise because at that time I had no idea what I was going to do after graduation. <laughs> I was like, I don't know where I want to work. I don't know what I want to do. Am I going to do athletic training for real? Like no idea. So being able to, to have time to figure that out, I think, you know, again, was a, was a blessing in disguise. Um, so, you know, it was awful going through it, but I don't think I would change it. I don't think I'd be, yeah, I don't think I'd be where I am today without having to go through that experience, having to find a reason to, to motivate yourself, you know, because um, obviously everyone was trying to motivate me themselves. But like I said, when you lose your independence, man, yeah, <laughs> it is not a fun time. So it definitely made me dig deeper than I've ever had to before. So I, it sucks the experience, but I don't think I would change it. 
You said something really dope I really that don't. I, I don't think I've ever heard anyone say before. Because um, we like you hear a lot in COVID of people talking about getting back to normal. And then you hear a lot more people saying the new normal. And you actually said you're not back to the old normal, but a better normal. Better normal. Yeah. That is. Yeah. And that, and ladies and gentlemen, is Amy Mendoza, right? Um, mm-hmm. She's talking about driving a car off a cliff and then she said she wouldn't change it. <laughs> so um, <laughs> one of the things I've always loved, like I said, she brings the sunshine and finding a bright spot. And in a situation is like you need you need to be a, do a TED talk on that because you've been incredible, yeah. um, just inspirational <laughs> to all of us. Um, so I guess that kind of ran into the next question. Uh, so the, about what you learned from the ordeal that you might want um, other people to well, actually you know. Let's let's backtrack a little bit. No, let's go. We're gonna go forward, Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> <laughs> um, was there was, was there anything from from this whole ordeal that you learned that you think other people should know that you you learned from the inside that you wanted you want other people to, to not have to go through something like this to learn? And ah, uh, let's see. I feel like I I think before this I wasn't big on help or accepting help. Okay. You know, because like I said, very independent person. Uh, I'm an independent woman. So, you know. (laughs) 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 Oh, my gosh. Um, So, (laughs) learning to accept help was big for me. So, I think if you're like that, and just take it all in, take all the help that is being offered. Um, I tell you what, like, there is no way I would have gotten through any of that without my family and friends. Just you guys, like, checking in on me, like, coming to visit when you can. That was, like, seeing me at that, you know, like that, that, that was tough, like, having people see me like that. Because... Again, I was just always doing whatever, <laughs> whatever yeah. I want, whatever I want. Um, yeah. But I think that's probably the biggest thing. And then just finding a reason, finding a reason to, to get back and get better. Um, you know, like I said, at, at the time I was like, because actually I forgot to mention this. Initially, the doctors told my parents that I probably wasn't going to walk for at least a year. And when I heard that, I said, F that. So, so hold, <laughs> hold my beer. That <laughs> like, uh, got it wrong. Cause I'm not. Yeah. So that actually, that was a big motivator as well. When I was told that I'm like, there's no way I'm going to be in a wheelchair for a year. I'm like, it's, it's just not happening. So I remember the the conversation and you were like, man, my car. I was like, (laughs) (laughs) I had had a nice little rice rocket, okay? I was fast and furious back then. (laughs) You thought you, I was just like, she was like, my car, man. I was like, Amy. Uh, yeah, I was gonna be in the next. I was gonna be in the next movie, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness! <laughs> oh, so um, after you got well, is is pretty much as much as you could. You you end up finding some more activities that are pretty punishing to the the human anatomy. Tell us about yes. that. Yeah. So I ended up rugby team uh, when I had moved back after college. But I was still playing tennis and everything once I could. I, you know, once my therapy ended uh, officially, I kept it going. Right. You know what I mean? I was still hitting the gym, making sure I could get back to where I was. Because um, even though I don't have the typical athletic body, I am very athletic. 
<laughs> so, you know, I had to get back to that. Um, so, yeah, I ended up playing rugby for a couple of years, um, which, again, if you didn't know, you'd have no idea that I had hardware in my body, like a rod in my leg, pins in my arm. You just you just have no idea if you didn't know. Um, and then ended, I've been playing flag football for the last 10 years in a league, in all women's league, which we've won the Super Bowl five times, just saying. And and just because it's it's flag football doesn't mean that it's not punishing. Like, right. Because I, I, I played in one of those leagues and I didn't last very long because I kept getting hit. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I gotta go to work tomorrow. I can't do. That. <laughs> yeah, I and I play on the line, so it's a little more physical than you know some yeah. other positions. Yeah, so <laughs> um, and going strong. I don't plan on retiring anytime soon. Okay, I'm gonna be that old lady that everyone wants to take it easy on. You are the <laughs> the Tom Brady of uh, of of flag football. Yeah, gonna, exactly. I'm gonna play till I'm 45. <laughs> and you're up there in New England too, so I guess it fits, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Oh wow. So that was an incredible story. Holy cow. Um I keep listening and I haven't been able to detect that you've been in, in Massachusetts for a long time. I was trying to see if you developed a mass hole accent. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Nah, Is that what they're nah, called? Nah. If anything, if anything, people say I have a southern accent, and I, oh. just, I don't know where it's at. That's because I, everything in if you're in Massachusetts, everything else is south. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> which yeah, Maryland is not the south, and it's not the north. It is the line. When I was in, I was in Massachusetts, and I was in an Uber, and the guy said I had a southern drawl. <laughs> yes, yes, when I first moved up here. Yes, I've been told that several times. I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah. And it's like when they when they would ask me what my name was, and I'd be like Donita, and they'd be like, uh, Darnita? Dar- I'm like, oh. no. Why are you adding an R to R to this? There's no R. They, yeah, they take it out and then they add it in. Yep. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. I can't tell you how many times I've been like, man, you got a Southern accent. I'm like, no, no, I don't. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, here's my question. The next question is, um, now is the plug yourself time. So you have anything cool that you have coming up? Are you you attending any events or presenting anything? Or if people wanted to be like you and they wanted to follow you on the interwebs or social media, where can they find Amy? Uh, let me think, because I don't even, oh, Instagram, I think is Lil Doza 21. I think Twitter is Amy ATC. I don't remember all the others. So Amy is spelled, ladies and gentlemen, A-I-M-E-E, A-I-M-E-E ATC on Twitter. And Lil Doza, L-I-L-D-O-Z-A 21. Yep. All right. Yeah, see, I don't know how to like, I know I'm supposed to like spell it out, but. <laughs> <laughs> I just go on there and look at videos. <laughs> Do you TikTok? Uh, maybe. Uh, we got to We got to get out. We got to get out top that TikTok game up. Because <laughs> I know if you TikTok, I have to, I have to find you on TikTok. Oh, my gosh. I, again, it's mainly to watch videos and not so much post them. <laughs> oh my gosh! Wow. Well, thank you for that incredible story. Um, I don't have it, Donnie. Do you have anything else? No, that was. Um, thank you so much for sharing. Uh, again, that like it's an inspiration and gave gives a lot of people hope. I think. Wow, what a oh, what a fun episode! This is just like being back in class. It's like we didn't get any work done again. <laughs> oh my gosh! 
we were talking about how all three of us were really astonished that we actually were in the same group and we all managed to graduate with the amount and level of shenanigans that were going on. But um, thank you again for joining us. Amy has always, and I want to acknowledge this publicly, has always been our day one, number one fan when we started Top Dad. She was literally the first person to send a comment. She's probably the first person to listen to an episode besides me and Donita. And um, like our first season. Yep. And our first season, she left a comment. Yep. She left a comment on every episode. And I was like, that's my homie. Wow. (laughs) So thank you. Now we finally got you on the podcast and it's a long overdue. And we should do it again. Next time we'll tell them about the time you almost blew out my eardrums. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, my my bad. Yes. Literally, my ears rang for like a day and a half behind that. I was like, this is it. I'm going to go deaf. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay, if you're listening to this, stethoscopes are not toys, ladies and gentlemen. They are not toys. They are for real things. And people can oh, get man. hurt. <laughs> Wow. Oh, man. That's great. We're coming I'm up. I'm glad you still love me. I, of course. I was mad for like 30 <laughs> seconds, though. But. <laughs> <laughs> you were, because I, I was scared. Dirty. <laughs> I was like, oh, man. Oh, my gosh. I might have ran and hit in the back. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Wow. So uh, for our special guest, Amy Mendoza, uh, I am your Uplift AT, Brandon Holland, reminding you that the difference between a good day and a bad day is your outlook. Change your attitude and change your life. And I am the unapologetic AT, Dr. Donita Valentine. I'm reminding you that you are doing this all for nothing if you don't stand up for something. Thank you all for listening. Yes, indeed. And we will see you next Tuesday. Uh, Until then, don't forget to like, share, subscribe. We're on all of the social medias at the underscore top underscore D-A-T. We're on LinkedIn at top dash dat one. And we appreciate you all. See you next Tuesday.